2020 is forcing us, right, to evaluate, reimagine the way that we do business with our customers, right? In every industry, everywhere in the globe, it, we, we've got to innovate in a way that we, and there's an urgency around that innovation that really didn't exist even just a few months ago. And so I want to take you behind the scenes of some of those conversations that we've been having in our firm. And then I want to apply that to air conditioning repair and and a tree guy that we recently hired. I'll explain. Let's get into the episode. I'm Russ Hill. This is the Decide to Lead podcast, a podcast for those who've made the decision to lead and are looking for ways to accelerate the results they've got to deliver. Welcome in. This is the Decide to Lead podcast with Russ Hill. If you have not yet um, subscribed to, I think I'm calling it the Leadership Tribe on, uh, on my website, go to RussHill.com. I've got some some announcements that are going to be coming out in the weeks and months ahead that I, I want to clue you in on and some content that will help you lead your team. We're in the middle of producing it right now. And uh, the first people who are going to hear about it are those that are subscribed to that group. So just go to RussHill.com. You'll, you'll see the uh, the, the field there to, to enter your email address. We're not going to send you spam. I'm not trying to sell you guys anything. So um, just just trying to help you better, more effectively lead your team. So if you haven't done that already, and lots of you have, um, go ahead and head over to RussHill.com. Okay, so I've gotten a ton of good feedback about the episodes. I'm always trying to think about, okay, how could I make these podcast episodes more effective, more relevant, more useful for all of you? And one of the things that I've noticed is I get a ton of good feedback when I'm taking you kind of behind the scenes and as Gary Vaynerchuk calls it, documenting my journey rather than kind of presenting content. So um, so I, I'm going to do more of that. I'm leaning into that and we'll see how it goes. My last episode where I kind of walked you through my career choices and the path that I've been on. Man, I got more messages about that episode than than any episode I've done in a long time. And so apparently it struck a nerve, a chord with many of you, um, just kind of taking you behind the scenes and helping you, um, you know, walking you through my thought process as I le- left this employer and moved to that job and did this and why I did that. So, um, and I, you know what, when I, when I consume other podcasts, I find a lot of value in them taking me behind the scenes and kind of explaining the challenges they're dealing with. And, and maybe there's not so much a topic as there is them sharing the, uh, the struggles or the things that they're dealing with. So I'm going to lean more into that. And if it's valuable to you, let me know, continue to direct message me. Um, you know, by now, if you've been a regular listener to this podcast and my favorite social media platform is LinkedIn. It's where I post the most content, went live for about 20 minutes right before dinner last night on LinkedIn, and I post at least one um, one post a day designed to help leaders more effectively um, manage their teams to, to produce the results they're trying to deliver. So direct message me on LinkedIn, or I also use Instagram and other uh, social media platforms, just don't post as much on them. Okay. So let me talk to you about, I want to talk about innovation um, because there are a couple of different reasons this is on my mind. One is at our firm. So the way that we do business with our, with our, um, our clients is we, we, we go in and we, we usually they call us, they've heard about us from somebody. They, they were referred to us by somebody. We do like hardly any marketing, 
Um, and so everything is really referral based. So some executive at some organization worked with us in the past. Now they've gone to this other company and they say, Hey, you guys need to hire partners in leadership. And so we get a phone call or an email or a message on LinkedIn. And we, uh, we used to be that we'd fly out and we'd meet on site with the, with the leadership team of that division, that business area, or the C-suite team of the overall organization, depending on how big the company is. Right. And so we initially charge him for for some initial meetings on site. We charge him um, per on site meeting. So there's a daily rate that we charge. This is totally standard in a lot of consulting firms, larger consulting firms that you charge them per daily rate. So one of the things that without divulging too much, obviously, one of the things that we've we we are we are working through is how could that look differently and how must that look differently, especially now that we're in a digital age where like all of our meetings are being conducted virtually. Yesterday, I was in a a session with 250 people, 250 leaders um, in the morning. Then uh, around lunchtime, my time, I was I was facilitating alongside a colleague of mine, a um, a session for 150 members of a team of a Fortune 100 company that's based uh, on the East Coast in the U.S. And so we're doing these virtual meetings. We're facilitating them. We're doing breakout rooms, all of that. And so right now we're charging our clients per virtual meeting, but we can't charge them as much as we used to charge to be on site for the day. So that affects our revenue, right? And um, and there are other things that we, other elements to how we, um, to how we um, interact with our clients that I can't get into because they're, trade secrets of ours and it would not be a good thing, but, um, or their, their private business practices, whatever you want to call them. So, um, but what, w- one of the things w- that I've been advocating is no, we need to go to more of a traditional, um, way of interacting with our clients to where, well, what are they paying for? They're paying for access to us because not that we're anything super special, right? But we have a ton of exposure to what's happening in other organizations. And we're interacting with leaders of multiple industries every day. I'm in a Zoom meeting right now with leaders of that company in that industry. And then I'm logging out, grabbing lunch, and then I'm logging into a Zoom meeting with a senior executives of, uh, of a company in that industry. And then I'm on the phone in a call with um, mid-level managers of an organization in that industry. And so you, you have a ton of it and you're asking lots of questions, right? You're having conversations in these meetings. And so you're seeing what different organizations are struggling with and what's working and what's not working. And, and they, the only way you survive in our industry is if you're giving counsel, if you're giving coaching, if you're facilitating the meeting in a way that brings value to people and they go, oh, that's actually impacting our results. You're helping us collaborate in a way that we didn't collaborate before. You're helping us lead and think about leading in a different way. And we're trying some of these things that you're advocating that we try and it's working. We're getting different results from it. That's the only way you survive. If you're not bringing value, then you're done, right? They don't have any need for you to be around. And that's the way it ought to be. In fact, I think it ought to be that way with every employee. We keep way too many employees on the payrolls when uh, when we shouldn't, in my opinion. That's my, that's my observation after being in tons of organizations observing it. So anyway, people are paying our firm, in my view, for, um, for access to us because of the lab that we work in, because of what we see, hear, and learn. 
And every meeting makes us smarter because we tried that out, didn't work. That Or it's really hard for a leader to implement that counsel that we gave them. So let's try this. Wow, that really worked. Or a leader will give us a, a, a good idea and then we 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 duplicate we we replicate it right we we tell more teams about it hey uh, and, and oftentimes we don't mention names or organizations but we're sharing best practices across so so anyway long story short what I've been advocating is let's we need to move to a pricing model that it doesn't matter whether we're on site it doesn't matter whether we're in a Zoom virtual meeting what people are paying us for is access to us access to the information, the models, the process, the methodology, the tools that we develop based off of what we see works and doesn't work. We've been at this for 30 years, right? I haven't been at the firm that long, but it's been around for longer than that. And some of the folks that we have at the firm have been around since day one. And, uh, and so we've got people from all different expertise and working from their backgrounds are very diverse. And so, um, I think that we ought to be charging clients to who cares if it's on site, who cares how long the meeting is, they're paying this much monthly or annually or whatever it is to, um, to interact with us. And then just ought to renew that, right? Make it like Amazon prime. It's a subscription. It's a, uh, it's, it's an agreement with us to where it automatically renews. You, you sign this agreement and you, enter, you work with us. You have access to us for this, for this much time or here's what that looks like and we'll put parameters around it. And then you have access to us for, for that amount, for, for that much um, during each month. And if you take advantage of it, great. If you don't, well, that's your loss. You, it, it didn't happen. And um, that's how I've always done business with the coaches and consultants that I've hired throughout my career. It was really up to me to make sure that I was using them to the full extent, getting the most value out of them. And then I would not keep around the consultants or coaches that weren't actively reaching out to me that weren't, well, you know, they haven't heard from me in three weeks or four weeks. And so, and, and, and so they're emailing me or they're calling me or they're, they're, they're sending me best practice things. And in this digital age, man, there's so, there's so many ways to bring value to clients. So I, I, that, that, that's one of the com one of the conversations we're having inside our firm around, well, how do we innovate? How do we, uh, how do we reimagine the way that we bring value or we interact or package our services to our customers? So that brings me to <laughs> this is going to seem a little odd, but hopefully you'll you'll see the connection here. That brings me to two different things that have kind of bothered me lately. And because I, you know, it's just weird how my my brain works, but um, it, it is what it is. Right. So we we um, we live on a property in Arizona that has a lot of trees and that's relative. I mean, somebody in Washington or Oregon would go, really, <laughs> you think you have a lot of trees? That's called desert, dude. Um, well, it, so it's relative. We have, a, we have, let me, let me paint the picture for you. So we've got like three apple trees. They're actually dropping apples right now. We'll get about 2,500 apples from them in the space of about two to three weeks. They're coming in right now. The harvest is coming in. And, um, and then we've got grapevines and the grapes are coming in right now and tons of grapes that we've got coming in. Then we've got about six citrus trees on one side of our property and they produce thousands of oranges, lemons, grapefruits, tangelos, all those sorts of things. Right. And, uh, and it goes on and on nut trees and different things. The, the nut trees aren't doing so well, but, but we've got, we've got a decent amount, especially for Arizona, we've got a decent amount of trees. 
I don't know jack about about keeping a tree alive. And yet they hold significant value to this property, right? So if we were to sell this house, the the potential buyer would find a ton of value in some of those trees. Wow, I get really I get all these lemons and I get grapefruit and 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 these aren't just average tasting fruit, right? We didn't plant these. The the previous homeowner did, the person who built this house. So they they planted them and did an amazing job growing them and pruning them and developing them and we're reaping that. So I don't want to screw that up. Do I need 2500 apples? No, I don't. But I I I well, but we do. Like we take all those apples and we had apple crisp for uh, for for dessert on Sunday night. We're about to uh, we're about to go into jarring a ton of applesauce. We'll make enough enough applesauce out of those um, apples to last us nearly a year from from about now until almost June of next year. So we just put it in the pantry and store it away. We make different types of applesauce, and then there's apple crisp that we make. And we were talking last night, we were playing some games as a family and we were talking about, well, you know what, what if we made like apple butter? What, what is, how do you even make apple butter? And then we were debating in the family about, does anybody actually like it? Yeah, I like it. No, you don't. And so anyway, we, we, we take advantage of those apples and, and, and put them into different, uh, different things that we can, uh, we can eat throughout the year. Same thing with uh, the different fruits and citruses that we, that we grow. And so anyway, we, uh, th- those, those trees hold a lot of value. I don't know how to take care of them. And one of them started to struggle. They showed, it showed signs of, my wife thought it was dead. This tree was, <laughs> was dead. And and she was kind of pointing at me like, uh, Russ, you're kind of responsible for overseeing the property, the yard. And I don't know if you, if you've taken care of this tree, that's sort of what that conversation <laughs> sounded like. So I finally said, well, I don't have, I don't know what to do. I mean, I I don't know how to do this. So we hired someone to come out, kind of a consultant, if you will, actually not kind of, that's exactly what we were looking for, an expert on trees. We hired them and they came out and they said, okay, they looked at the trees. We spent about a half hour walking the property with them and they were so helpful, like very, they're like, no, this tree isn't dying. You've just got the suns destroying a few of these branches. So here's what you need to do. And this is how you need to cut it next year and prune it and make sure you do giving us just tons of ideas on things. We have no line of sight to no experience with. So the guy then says, you know, it, what his sales pitch is at the end of his consultation with us is, Hey, I can fertilize these trees. We have this system to where I come out and I stick this pole in the ground and I shoot this uh, liquid and and the liquid's different for each tree. We make a different mix because this apple tree takes something different that that lemon tree takes. And so we shoot this into the ground because if you just sprinkle some, you know, fertilizer on, on, on top of the ground, it doesn't really get, you know, he's doing his whole sales pitch, right? Which 80% of it, 60% of it, pick your number is accurate. And the rest is just fluff, right? But, but, but he's, he's, he's convincing us, right? Cause he's the expert and we're not. And so he's going into the area we've got zero confidence on and which is really smart. And this device that they have that shoots it into the ground. Well, that's brilliant. I don't know how necessary it is, but of course we don't own one. And so we're thinking, oh, okay. Yeah. You're, you've got a tool we can't get. And anyway, so he, he sells us on this going to be several hundred dollars to come out to treat all of these trees. And, uh, and he says, yeah, you should probably do it twice a year. 
And, uh, and here's how much it is. My wife's like, oh man, twice a year. That's a lot of money. You know, what if we just did it once a year? And he's like, well, it wouldn't be as good as this. And he wasn't, he didn't have that part of his sales pitch refined actually. Um, when my wife was pushing him on it. So she wasn't convinced. She's like, I think we can get away with it just once a year, which was him giving up half the revenue. Now, as I thought about that, I thought, why wouldn't he sell me a subscription? I don't want to worry about those trees at all. So what if he offered me something that looked like this? Russ, we'll take care of these trees. Marlene, my wife, we'll take care of them. So here's what we're going to do. I've got a couple of different options for you. One is just fertilizing. So I'm going to come out every quarter. I'm going to come out and I'm going to do a quick inspection on the trees. I'm going to look at them, make sure they're okay. By the way, that could take him literally 30 minutes. So he just needs to drive out when he's in the neighborhood in our area and just look at the trees. Do you know how much peace of mind that would give us? And so I'm going to build in these inspections every within every three months. I'm going to look at them and I'll let you know what they need. I know they're going to need to be fertilized twice a year. So here's what I'm going to do. If you want me to do it once a year, I'm going to charge you this. If you buy the subscription, you get the quarterly visits where I'll inspect the trees. Plus, I'll put in the the twice uh, a year um, fertilizer injections, and I'll do it at a discount rate because you're buying it for the whole year. And so that's option one, right? That's what I'll give you for option one. Option two is we'll trim them too. Look at, I mean, you don't want some, you know, yahoos coming in and cutting this tree in a way that they don't know. So I, it's my responsibility to keep these trees, um, looking good. And, you know, I can't, you know, here's my liability claim, you know, disclaimer to where I can't protect them completely. I can't guarantee that, but cause mother nature does this, that, and the other, but I'm going to look after them. And as part of that, you're going to need them trimmed once a year. And here's the month that you should trim them. And it will be our crew that will do it. So that's option B. Everything in option A comes with option B, but I'll throw in, we'll include the pruning that's done in this certain way. And we'll do that once a year at this time. And it's obviously a lot more to have the trimming included in there. So what, 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 what's most uh, interesting to you, option A or option B? Why didn't he sell us that? So instead he came out, he did this inspection. He built a relationship with us where we have tons of trust in him. He spent time on our property. He got to know our trees a little bit. Then he sold us on this fertilizer injection, came out a week later and did it. And guess what? Vanished. Gone. No follow-up. He'll never be here again unless we call him. He's moved on. And I think, oh my gosh, that company is so foolish for interacting with us that way. They are giving up so much money and it's recurring income. It's recurring revenue. Instead, they're selling these one-time shots, uh, no pun intended, in the ground, right? Um, they're, they're just selling these and they're sending this guy out and, and he's spending all this time building a relationship for what? Nothing. Now, he might follow up with us in six months call us up, email my wife, whatever, and say, hey, it's about time. You know, I recommended we do this twice a year and that time has come up. What are the chances he's going to do that? Like you've, I mean, zero, right? I mean, well, maybe 5%, but the, the chances of him following up are slim to none. That's not what he gets paid to do. That's not on his radar. 
You think he's developed this kind of filing system and client management system as the tree dude, as part of a large corporation that he works for to do that? I, I see, maybe I'll, I'll do a podcast episode in six months to, to, to um, take accountability for getting that wrong. But I don't think that episode's ever going to happen because I'm convinced he's done. He's moved on. Who called today? Who called last week? He's moved on to them. Well, he gave up so much revenue with us. And I'm going to forget. You think it's on my calendar six months from now? Double check. Oh, do we need to be have it fertilized again? No, it's not on my radar. I got way too many things going on in life. So that led me to air conditioning. So in Arizona, it's 179 degrees outside right now, right? Well, round down a little bit and you'd be more accurate, but it's super hot. Right. This is the worst time of the year to be in Arizona. We love it in December, January and February, when the rest of you are still digging out of your snow and scraping off your windshields and wondering if you're going to be able to make it through the blizzard. And we're outside sipping our lemonade under uh, sunny 60 degrees. We love it in the winter. The summer is brutal. And so we've got in our in our house, we've got multiple air conditioners, right, for upstairs, downstairs, different parts of the house. And, uh, and, and, you know, every year you, you just think in Arizona, if one of those things goes out, it's death, right? I mean, oh my gosh, if you live in a house with just one air conditioner, which we've done in our lives and that, 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 that bad boy goes out, you are really in a bad place with multiple air conditioning fans and units throughout the house. At least you could go kind of move over into that part of the house while you're waiting for the air conditioner to be repaired. Still, it's hugely inconvenient and you and you rely on that air conditioner so much when it's, I mean, it's churning all the time in Arizona in the summer. Like it barely ever goes off. So it's working hard. So I, I sometimes hear noises from the air conditioner. I think about, oh, I'm so glad we have that. And I think, why, what if that thing goes out? Or when was the last time we had it serviced? Or what, you know, I wonder if it's doing okay. And I, I is it time? Wait, when did we have the last inspection? Is it time to do it again? And I think, why isn't anyone selling me on a subscription? Why aren't they doing, why aren't they charging me for access to them? Come out, replace the filters, look at it quarterly, twice a year, whatever it might be. Get up in the attic and inspect that bad boy. Look at the fans around the yard and just take care of it. But don't, I don't don't want to pay you just one service agreement. I don't want you to come out once and way overcharge me to look at it and see that nothing's wrong or replace a little bit of fluid. I want you to look after it. I don't want to have to worry about the air conditioner. And so I I don't want to, I don't want to pay you for, uh, and I know some of you, you probably set this up with an AC company or maybe your, your tree people. And, 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 and so you're thinking, Russ, no, you, you actually can set this up. You just, you tell the tree guy to come back every six months. Yeah, but I, that's not the point. And, and the AC guy, well, Russ, you just set it up every, every April, you have them come out and inspect it. That's just what you do. Yeah. But you know what? I have to schedule it. I have to call him. I have to get on the waiting list. I have to remember to do that. I have to, the, the, all the effort there is on the customer. Why can't I call you once and you say, okay, done. And it's just recurring revenue for them. And for 20 years, they service my air conditioner and I never have to look after them again. I'm sure, again, there are some companies that, that, that do something like that. But I don't think there are too many that, that position it as a subscription, as like an Amazon Prime type of thing. And so on my mind, um, as I'm recording this episode, I just wanted to talk about innovation and and maybe something like this, some some subscription package, 
some ongoing access to you as the expert in whatever industry that looks like. Um, that there's tons of value to that. And I hope, my hope is that in 2020, with all the disruption that we've been experiencing and are experiencing, that we're really rethinking the model, reimagining how we do business. I, I'm just seeing so many organizations that are, they're not focused on reimagining, they're focused on short-term fixes. How can we get through the next few months? What can we do to try to make it work? And, you know, and, and, but it's the same model and it's the same interaction with the customer and it really doesn't look any different and it doesn't acknowledge how people buy differently. People buy subscriptions. Now people are totally used to that kind of agreement. I give you my credit card, lock it in, and you're just going to keep charging it every month or every year or whatever it might be. Well, how could we, and, and every business wants a recurring revenue model you, you and you and customers don't want the pain of having to so how do you set that up how do you call me and schedule the the appointment how do you keep track of it how do you manage all of that and take as much of that inconvenience and pain off of me as the customer and serve me in different ways um, so that I don't have to worry about it. And I feel like you're the expert. I've got access to you. You're sending me tips. You're helping me stay healthy. You're helping me stay in shape. You're helping me stay cool. You're helping my trees stay alive, whatever it is. I just, I, I just hope that I guess the takeaway, the point of this episode that I would want to get across is I, I hope we're reimagining that everything's on the table everything's up for grabs and let's redo the model and build it in a way that leads to recurring revenue instead of just serving people that one time they come into the office or the one time we fly and attend their meetings or the one time we go out and fertilize their trees or the one time where I just feel like we're leaving so much money on the table because we're using old models. We're using the way we've always done it when the market is shifting and demanding and allowing for us to interact with them differently. So anyway, th- those are some thoughts for you. Um, hopefully that brings some value to you. Okay. So if you, again, I'll just remind you, if you haven't been to russhill.com, go visit there, click in to that leadership tribe or whatever it's called on that web on the webpage there. And in your email address, there's content that I'm recording that I'm, uh, some things that I'm going to be announcing soon that I'll be pushing out to you in that, in that area. And I'd, I'd love for you to be able to get, be the first to, to get notification of that. Lots more details coming on that soon. And I'll explain more, but, but, uh, you'll just trust me. Um, you'll be glad that you did that, um, in the, with the content that's coming out and the things that we're designing right now. In addition to that, if you find value in this podcast, will you do me a huge favor? It'll take you 30 seconds. That's seriously all it will take. Leave a review. If you're listening on the Apple podcast app, you can just swipe on your app and it will, it will ask you for a review. You can give it one, two, three, four, five stars. I think it's how they review it or they allow you to review it. And then you can leave a comment. You all, that's so meaningful to me. It's feedback for me because I get to read those, that feedback from time to time, as well as it signals to other people that Russ isn't necessarily that much of a Yahoo. There might actually be some value 
in what he is sharing. And lastly, um, I'd love it if you'd post, make a post on social media or somewhere about something you found of, of value in one of these episodes. If that's the case, share it with somebody who could benefit from it, whether you text it to them, whether you post it to LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever, Facebook with a link, however that works for you. I, I'm so appreciative of those of you who are doing that. And it's how this show has grown to have thousands of listeners from just initially being my mom as the one listener. All right. Have a great week, uh, everybody. We'll talk to you next Monday. Trying to put out two episodes a week right now, Monday and Wednesdays. Hopefully I'll be able to stick to that and uh, maybe some bonus episodes in there as well. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.